learn to praise Him in the valley. If you ain't, you're missing a lot of good opportunities. Because more than likely, if you're a Christian, you're going to have a lot of valleys. God bless you. You may be seated. We've got a couple of babies I'm going to dedicate today. Brother Phil and Sister Ruth, priest, if they'll come and bring their <clears throat> little boy. We want to offer him to the Lord. Also, Carol and I have two nieces here today and their husbands and their family. One family from Kentucky and the other one from Indiana. And if Hope and Joe will come and bring their little daughter and we'll also dedicate her to the Lord today. Bring them in. Bring them in. Bring them in from the fields of sin. Bring Bring them in, bring the littles to Jesus. This little guy's out of battle since he's been born. He's been from one thing to another. Look at them big eyes. He said, Mommy, where am I? Heavenly Fathers, our brother and sister, come today before you, Lord. We're so grateful, dear God, for parents that desire to bring children into the earth. Lord, they have a desire to not only give life, but to be able to raise them in the way that when this life is over, they can enter in with them into eternity. Heavenly Father, we're asking today, that you would just be with him, Lord. He's had a lot of battles already in his life. 
But Jesus, we've seen you bring him through one after the other. He can't even talk yet hardly. Can't even hardly do anything for himself. But he's already experienced the power of God in his life. We bring him to you today, Father. We just pray that you'd watch over him and keep him, no matter what Satan would try to bring against him. May your great hand be with him, Lord. Give his father the wisdom, the ability to instruct him and guide him. His mother, the fifth gospel, I pray that you would help her, Father, that she can be able to imprint upon him what a real godly woman is like. We bring him to you today, and we dedicate his little life to you for a life of service. In Jesus' name, amen. That's the way a lot of people look at me. <laughs> I think Carol has to come up and get a picture now. Look, friends, this is your one and only time you'll see the pastor's wife up front. (laughs) Heavenly Father, as I stand here today, and my heart, I know Sharon would be so, so happy to be able to see her little granddaughter here today, dedicated to you, Lord. But you chose in your wisdom to take her on up home and take her to her reward. So praying today, Father, that you would just help Joe and Hope as they have this little daughter. We pray that you just give them wisdom and strength and help them, Lord, to be able to know how, Father, to raise her, train her, and teach her. Lord, we're just praying that your presence would just be with her, Lord. Being a little girl, there's going to be a lot aimed at her. I know that Satan loves to aim it at the women in this day. So many fashions, so many things to try to affect them. But we also know, Lord, that whenever it's all said and done, the sisters will have a great reward because in many ways, they've overcome much more than the men have. So I pray that you'd keep her. She would get old enough to be able to know right from wrong. Deal with her heart while she's young and tender, where she can give her heart to you. Give them wisdom and strength to be able to know how to raise her, teach her, and the admonition of God. We dedicate her to you, Father, today for a life of service. In Jesus' name. is in love with Jesus today. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. Let's turn, if you would, to the book of 1 Kings, chapter 22, verse 5. 1 Kings, chapter 22, verse 5. We'll read a few verses there. <clears throat> I want you to listen carefully now to our setting today. And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. 
Now, but this time in the scripture, the kingdom had been divided into two uh, sects, uh, two divisions in the land of Israel. One of them was still called Israel, and the other one was called Judah. Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah, and Ahab, of course, being the king of Israel. So the Syrians are approaching them, and they're going to have a war. And Jehoshaphat has been asked by Ahab to come and join ranks with him. Um, Jehoshaphat was a real believer, but Ahab was something else, that's for sure. But Jehoshaphat still, even though it entered into this compromising union with this make-believing so-called message person, he still had enough about him to know that the Lord's way was important. And so he says, Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. I want you to notice how this is spelled, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Verse 6, then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, wow, 400 Hebrew prophets, not heathens, Hebrew prophets, and said unto them, shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, go up for the Lord. But look at how this one's spelled. Capital L, little O, little R, little D. Now this is the Hebrew word, which is also used for Baal. Jehoshaphat was not interested in what Baal had to say. He was interested in capital L, R-D, which is Jehovah or Yahweh. But now these guys, watch what they're saying. The Lord will be with you, or the Lord will give it into your hand. Capital L, small o, small r, small d. So it kind of makes you wonder where these guys are. Look at their message. It is a message of compromise. And they said, go up, for the Lord shall deliver it. Now the word it is not actually in the original. Watch these guys, how deceiving they are. For the Lord shall deliver, leave it out, unto the hand of the king. But I want you to notice, they don't say which king or what's actually going to be delivered. So it's a more universal prophecy that whoever wins this battle, they're going to win either way. Because they actually didn't say, Ahab, you were going to win. But they said the Lord will deliver, but deliver what? Deliver Ramoth Gilead, deliver the Syrians, deliver what? Sounds like some of the modern day prophets we've got today, isn't it? There's somebody here in the building today that's got a pain. Yeah, who ain't? <laughs> oh, I feel somebody's got a burden. Yeah, who ain't? That's the kind of prophets these guys were. Go up, for the Lord shall deliver it unto the king, to the hand of the king. And Jehoshaphat said, is there not here a prophet of the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D? Now, wait a minute. We've got 400 Hebrew prophets. But there's something about these old boys just didn't ring right. It just didn't sound right. It didn't feel right. It just something 
was wrong. So Jehoshaphat said, is there not a prophet of the Lord besides that we might inquire of him? And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, there is yet one man, Micaiah the son of Amnon, by whom we may inquire of the Lord. Now even this backslidden king knew who had the word. (laughs) But I hate him. Yeah, that's a sign he's a good man of God right there. (laughs) But I hate him. For he doth not prophesy good concerning me. Well, how could he? But evil. And Jehoshaphat said, Oh, let not the king say so. I may like to be remembered as we pray today. Heavenly Fathers, we bow our heads. We're asking you, Lord, that you would take your word and speak to us. Father, I have my hands on these prayer calls that Sister Ruth Ann Carter sent the request for her family members, Lord. You know these needs and you're aware of them today. And I lay my hands on them and I will wear them. And while your anointing is here today, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would go to these needs and these requests. There were hundreds of hands that were uplifted across this building today signifying needs, desires, petitions. We ask that you would help us. Speak to us today by your word. May our faith be increased to where we can ask and believe and watch you manifest yourself in our midst today. In the name of the Lord Jesus, the word we pray. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Look with me, if you would, to verse 11. So now there's 400 of these prophets. They are Hebrews. They are message preachers, we'll say. So they're not prophets of Baal. They're not prophets of some other false god. But they are compromising prophets. And they're going to tell this king what he wants to hear because it's the type of prophets that they are. And he knew that. That's why he asked for them first. And a Jehoshaphat would not have asked for a real servant of God. No doubt Ahab would have never even mentioned his name. But because Jehoshaphat, even though he was kind of fellowshipping around Ahab and hanging around in him some and, you know, just being a friend and a buddy and a pal and however you want to say it. But yet he still knew that God had a way and he wanted to be right. This man wanted to be right before the Lord. So let's pick up in verse 11. And Zedekiah the son of Kineah made him horns of iron. Now remember prophets use symbols. Remember, one of the prophets of the Old Testament uh, made a yoke, Jeremiah. Another one would take and dig a hole through a wall. And he would lay on his side for so many days and then turn over and lay on his other side. So this false prophet, what he decided to do was to use a symbol. 
and a sign. So notice what he does. He made him horns of iron. So he goes and he handcrafts these horns and he brings them up, maybe sticks them up on the side of his head. Here he comes, maybe he's pawing around and snorting and boy, he really puts on some drama. My, all the people are sitting there looking at him and waiting to hear what he's got to say. And he says, thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Now watch him. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Now he is more deceiving than the others. He moves into the channel that he knows Jehoshaphat wants to hear. Now he puts his horns up, will say, thus saith the Lord, with these thou shalt push the Assyrians until they have, thou have consumed them. Now this old boy ventures a little further than the rest of the 400. Now he's gonna go down into a realm to where something has moved on him that apparently is somewhat different than the others. He's gonna bring the prophecy more personal. He's gonna absolutely stand up and swear a lie against Jehovah God. Prophet says it this way, any man that says, thus saith the Lord, and the Lord didn't say it, that man deserves to go to hell. That's quite a statement, is it not? Now, notice he says, thou shalt take these horns and you'll push the Syrians plumb back. Boy, he calls these other guys to rally. I'm telling you what, they started feeling something. Brother Donnie, do you think they felt something? I am 100% convinced these people were feeling something. And they were feeling a spirit. But it just wasn't the Holy Ghost. Now, notice what the Bible says. And all the prophets prophesied so. So here now they've got a leader. The others are more generic, more general. But a leader stands up, a leader prophet. (laughs) And whenever he becomes specific, then they become specific. So he said, by these horns, you'll run them out. Well, all the rest of these guys, they didn't have horns, but they just maybe give up and stick up their their fingers like this. Glory to God, hallelujah, glory to God. Thus saith the Lord, you're gonna run them out. Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper for the Lord. Now notice here they've changed their word too. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Just a couple of verses prior to this, they were not saying this word. But what did they do? They modified in their deception. So if you all want to hear capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, we really don't believe Jehovah is this. 
But if that's what you all need to hear us say, we will change our sermon. So you will think, we believe. Let me tell you something, friend. If you don't have the Holy Ghost today, I'm warning you as a servant of God. You better get it before it's too late. Because the deception in the last days is going to be so strong and so powerful that only the elected will escape the power of this hour that we're in. Oh, but I've been around the message. I don't care how long you've been around the message. You don't withstand deception by years around the word. There's only one way to do it, sealed by the author of the word. Now, my thought today again is what we went along the lines of last Sunday. Whose report will you believe? Now, it's a little bit different than Sunday, but we'll just give me a little bit of time here. And the messenger, now notice, so they go to get this other guy, Micah. And the messenger that was called to call Micah spake unto him, saying, Behold now the words of the prophets declare good unto the king. With one mouth, they're all saying the same thing, because I was right there and I heard them say it. Let thy word, I praise thee, be like the word of one of them, and speak that which is good. Because they're all on TV, and they're all on radio, and they're all on podcasts, and they're all saying the same thing. America's fixing to have a revival. I mean, we're fixing to give our hearts back to God, and the Russians is going to be blowed away. Don't worry about the Russians. They'll never get to us. We're the great, mighty America. You better not listen to that lie. America is doomed. I said America is doomed. The prophet didn't even pray for as a nation before he left. How much worse is she today? Are there individuals that can still be saved? Yes, but our nation is beyond redemption, friends. But of course, that's not what they want to hear. They want to hear that God is going to turn it all around again. And our nation's going to come right back to God. Oh, sure, I agree. There'll be many, many people that will think they're getting saved after the rapture. After the bride is done gone, when the mercy seat is totally empty of blood. There will not be one speck of blood on the mercy seat, nor will God hear any sinner's prayer for repentance, and yet they will be crying like never before. Baptist churches, Methodist churches, message churches that miss the rapture, all kinds of churches will be, people will be thwarting in. Why shouldn't they? Hailstones will be falling out of heaven that will weigh 100 pounds apiece. The prophets will stand, Moses and Elijah, and they'll call fire out of heaven. They'll call hail. They'll call for whatever they want. It will scare the liver out of people. People will go to church. They will scream. They will run to God. They will be reading their Bible. They'll be doing like they've never done before. Except it'll be too late. Whose report are you going to believe today? That's the question. Now, notice, so this guy kind of drops a bug in his ears, we would say, but he's talking to the wrong fellow here. And Micah said, as the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, 
that will I speak. Now, notice in verse 15 as he goes into this. So he came to the king. Now, he's already got this warning. Now, we're just giving you a little bit of notice up front there, pal. You've been disassociated for a long time. Everybody kind of looks at you as being a renegade. Y'all here by yourself. Look, there's 400 men, and they're all saying the same thing. Who in the world do you think you are anyhow? One little old scrapping guy that's out here by himself. You have no recognition among the big denominational heads. Why, you don't even get invited to preach conventions no more. They don't love you. They don't care for you. And yet you feel like you're the only ones right. Why, look, man, get some reason. Get some sense. You're getting a little bit of age on you. You're going to need a little Medicaid and a little Medicare and a little bit of Social Security and a little bit of retirement. Join in with us. We'll put you on a pension. He said, I'll not say nothing but what the Lord tells me to say. God, give us such men today. So he came to the king, and the king said unto him, Micah, shall we go up against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? And he answered him, go and prosper. For the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. Oh my goodness. So he's saying the same thing the false prophets said? He did. Out of scorn. He's actually making fun of them. And the king. Oh, but now wait a minute. What if there were some of these believe the sign people that would have been in the days of Micah? And then they would have took this statement and then took the next statement, which I'm fixing to read to you, and said, right here, Micah said one thing, and right over here he said something else. Now, this is in your Bible. If you don't apply the same standard to this prophet that you do to our lives in this day, it means you're a hypocrite and a liar. And the church said, all right, now notice, he answered him, go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. Did you notice in reading this? He says identical, the same thing them prophets said. Word for word. So he doesn't answer, but notice he doesn't say this in the name of the Lord. He doesn't say, thus saith the Lord, thus speaketh the Lord. He doesn't even say it in his own face, but he says it out of scorn and ridicule. Now what's this? And the king said unto him. Now you say, how can you, how can you say that he done that? Because the king himself, when he heard this sound, this demeanor, and he hears the sound of his voice, he knows immediately he ain't telling him right. And the king said unto him, how many times, (laughs) how many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? Now he don't want to hear it, but he gets mad when he don't hear it. How can you help people like that? Believe me, I deal with them all the time. They want you to tell them the truth until you tell them the truth. And then when you tell them the truth, they got mad that you told them the truth. So what's a preacher supposed to do? I'll tell you what he's supposed to do, tell you the truth anyway. And then if you don't like it, well, you'll meet it at the day of judgment. 
Oh my. How many times shall I jeer thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? And he said, I saw. Now he breaks into the fourth dimension and tells us his vision. I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have not a shepherd. Now he's giving us the word of the Lord. Not scorn, not ridicule, but the vision. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, did not I tell thee that he would prophesy no good concerning me but evil? All right. Now we're not in 2023 any longer. We're back in 1 Kings 22. And you all have just heard 400 prophets prophesy to the king. You've heard another one come up with horns. And then you've heard this other guy come up and say, I saw Israel scattered like sheep having no shepherd. So which report are you going to believe? Brother Donnie, how will I know? It's really quite simple. It's not that hard. You judge what they're saying. Take it back to the word. Now, what did the word say before? The prophet Elijah said that God would feed this man and the dogs would lick his blood and the dogs would eat Jezebel's body. So he checked his vision by the word. But could the 400 check theirs by the word? They couldn't. They wouldn't. They should not. They'd lose their pension. They'd lose their sitting at the table of the king. Now these guys were really privileged because they were able to sit around the table of the king. And they was kind of his pets as we would say. So he bought them a new chariot every now and then and give them a new horse every now and then and kind of kept them really good. So if he wanted to look real religious before the rest of Israel, he'd call the prophets in. Hey, come on, guys, come on in. Tell me a good word from the Lord. What, go on up, old king, hallelujah. You're just the blessed of the Lord and I'm the smiley preacher from Texas and God loves you so much and we're not preaching against nobody and we're not gonna blast nobody. If that man don't get saved, he'll burn in hell. I'm telling you what, every preacher that stands up and knows the truth and will not tell it to the people will be lost one day. Do you realize them people in the regions of the lost are going to be hunting for preachers? Do you know what they're going to do when they get down in that regions of the lost? They're going to be looking for them preachers that led them astray and preached error and damned their soul to hell. I don't want nobody looking for me in hell. And he said, hear therefore the word of the Lord. 
I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. Now notice Micah, like all true prophets, he's not a Trinitarian. So he didn't say, I saw, I saw three thrones. And there was an old man and there was a younger man and then there was a spirit being sitting over there. But like John, he saw one throne and one who sat on it. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the hosts of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. Now this is the true epitome of heaven. Not a miniature God, an amateur God, a younger God, and an old God, but God himself and the host on the right hand and the host on the left hand. And the Lord said, who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? Now listen, friends, what we're dealing with. And one sat on this manner and another sat on that manner and there came forth a spirit. Now listen, there was a fallen angel which come up out of hell. So he comes up out of the regions of the lost before the throne of God and said, I will persuade him. Now here is a being that one time stood in the presence of God and worshiped God and adored God and magnified God. But of course, Satan split them in heaven. And this was one of them that followed the split from the holy angels to those who lost their estate, so Jude says. So they followed the devil. And now he comes up out of hell. Can you imagine? He comes up and says, hey, you need me to do something for you? Is there anything that I could do? So here comes this lying spirit out of hell. Oh, my Lord. And he says, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, wherewith? And he said, I will go forth and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all, look at the word. Ah, all his prophets. Even that devil recognized that them prophets was not speaking the word of the Lord, but they were Ahab's possession. Friends, could you really respect me? Could you really respect any man of God that will preach only what you want to hear? Could you really respect any servant of God that knows if you've got sin in your life and you would honestly rather he didn't deal with that to make you feel better? There's something wrong with you if you feel that way. Oh, sure, it may hurt our feelings and trample all over our feet. I'd rather a preacher tear me up one side and down the other and spare me out of hell instead of tickling my ear. Now watch what happens. And he said, thou shalt persuade him and prevail also. Go forth and do so. So here comes this lying spirit and it comes down there and gets in the mouths of these false prophet message preachers. 
So no doubt they're standing there, glory to God. I feel it all over me. There's not a question in my mind. They felt something all over them. And no doubt they felt led. Check what you feel led to do by God's word. God will never lead any of us contrary to his word. Listen to this and the anointing ones the end time. The prophet said a lying spirit come up out of hell and fell down on his knees and said, if you will permit me, I can give them my anointing. Now here is a lying spirit So the lying spirit comes and gets in the mouths of these prophets and surrenders his anointing and now they're standing there prophesying lies with the anointing of a demon. And now remember, you're the people sitting there. You're sitting there hearing these men. So what would you have said? What would you have done? What would have been your response when the 400 said, go up, go up. And then this one emotional guy runs up, has his horns on over his head. Oh my, and the, a spirit filled the place and the people, oh yes, yes, I feel it. I know this is God. I know it is. I wonder how many of us would have said, yes, yes, yes. And you would have joined your ranks with a demonic anointing. You say, this is scary, Brother Donnie. You better believe it's scary. How can we know for sure? How can we know we won't be deceived? We stay with his word. (laughs) I can give them my anointing. Now notice how Brother Brandon paraphrases this scenario. Make them do any kind of sign or wonder. You mean a lying devil. A lying spirit can get on people and they will actually prophesy lies and perform miracles too. Well, we judge them by their signs. You're already on your way to deception. You don't judge a man by signs, wonders, miracles. You judge them by the word of God. We believe in signs, wonders, miracles, do we not? But we believe the word has preeminence over every gift. Remember, your prophet says in harvest time, December the 27th, 1964, Satan can hand out those spiritual gifts by the handfuls. You imagine the devil having access to hand out spiritual gifts by the handfuls. Praise the Lord. I can give them my anointing. Make them do any kind of sign or wonder. Now this is what he wants to do. Just as long as I can get them off, off the word. He won't even know that that is your word. He'll ignore it for popularity. Brother, times hasn't changed you ought to hear Brother Branham's voice. You haven't listened to this in a while. You ought to. You ought to hear Brother Branham's voice as he hollers this out and expresses it. And then he speaks directly to Brother Neville. Brother Neville, 
That's true. Remember, that's true. I don't think them words is just for Brother Neville. I think for the Word of Life Church today. I believe that for every message church around the world, Satan is on the prowl. Oh my, I'll get upon him and make him do the same things the rest of them does. I'll make him prophesy and tell a lie. How could it be a lie, he says? Because it was contrary to the word. Now here's Micah, again in verse 23. Now therefore, behold, the Lord has put a lying spirit And the mouths of all these thy prophets. Oh my. And the Lord hath spoken evil concerning thee. But Zedekiah the son of Shenaniah went near and smote Micah on the cheek. And said, which way did the Spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto thee? And Micah said, behold, thou shalt see in that day when thou shalt go into an inner chamber to hide thyself. Whose report will you believe? So we got a whole congregation over here of 400. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I feel it all over me. Praise the Lord. Go up. Go up. Revival's in the land. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Revival is here. No. Judgment is here. And we've got one little guy standing over here, what seems to be by himself. Now, just by counting numbers, which one would you side with? Oh, you say, but that's history. No, this event is history. But the same thing is actually going on again today. It's going on in our church. It's going on in every other message church around the world. People are going to decide whose report will they believe. Are they going to believe the report of the Lord? Or are they going to believe a report that sounds like the report of the Lord? Remember, our twin will not come quoting Billy Graham. Our twin will not come quoting other men of great, great renown. Our twin will quote the same prophet you quote. And the church said, if you can't say amen, say ouch. I'll at least know you're alive, okay? Now, notice the king of Israel said, take Micah and carry him back to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, thus saith the king. Bless God, I'll show him. Thus saith the king, put this fellow in the prison and feed him with bread of affliction and with water of affliction until I come in peace. Micah said, if thou return at all in peace, the Lord hath not spoken by me. And he said, hearken, O people. So now he knew Ahab is not going to listen, but then what does he do? He pleads to the people. Listen, people. Hearken, people. 
You know, imagine a lot of them say, ah, crazy guy. Why, knucklehead? Who in the world is going to believe a radical type of a guy like that? My goodness, I, I want the kind old priest type of pastor that lets you do whatever you want to do and live any way you want to live. Well, you know, God, don't look at the outside. An old, an old barn needs a new coat of paint. I agree, barns do, but women's faces don't. Paint your barn, just don't paint your wife. <clears throat> well, praise the Lord. Why, what difference does it make if you wear a mini skirt or don't, don't you know, wear britches? What difference does it make if, if, if men dress in women's clothes? It's an abomination in the eyes of our God. <clears throat> well, come on now, saints. Well, Brother Donnie, what difference does it make if a man marries a man or a woman marries a woman because that's not the original plan? Show me where God ever ordained such and I'll marry one next week. But since the Lord God made man and woman and he didn't marry Adam and Steve, but he married Adam and Eve. He did not marry uh, marry together Eve and Mary or Eve and Jane, but it was Adam and Eve together and that's the way I plan on keeping it as long as I marry folks in this church. Now, I know some folks don't like it. They don't want to hear it preached. You see any care in these eyes? I'm going to stand before God one day, and when I do, I want to be able to walk up there and say, Lord God, I stood for the truth. I was hated. I was despised. I was rejected. I want to hear him say, come on in, Donnie. I'm proud of you. You stood for me in the evil day. Anybody want to go in with me? Anybody want to say, yes, Lord. We believe the report of of the Lord, we also bore that shame. We bore the reproach and we're so glad we did. So just hold it in your mind now. So what if you would have said in that day, I believe those men are telling the truth. Those 400. And then a true prophet of God identifies that voice is from hell. Would you have been man or woman enough to admit that you were wrong and you were misled? Ah, y'all are as quiet as a bunch of church of Christ this morning. (laughs) You see, it takes a big man and a big woman to be able to admit they were wrong. And that they were actually under the influence of a demon. Well, praise the Lord. And if you can find a preacher that will say he was under the influence of a demon, you have found a real prize. Well, I felt led to do this. I'm not saying preachers don't feel led to do various things. But what I like to do is trace it back to the word. And see if their leading is coinciding with the word. Well, there's preachers around the world that are feeling led to sit down. And quit preaching. And just push play. And now if you can show me where God's prophet ever said any such thing, beginning Wednesday night, we will turn this into a push play church. Show me anywhere the Bible institutes such or God's prophet said it'll come to pass after I'm gone that the best way to have the perfect word 
is for every preacher to sit down. I don't blame the devil. If I was the devil, I'd want all them Holy Ghost-filled preachers to sit down too. That gives me a greater desire to preach instead of shut up. It gives me a greater desire to burn his hide from Hades and back because I know how he hates true anointed men of God, how he hates men of God in their home. He don't want to just shut the preachers up. He wants to shut you fathers up. He wants to shut you mothers up. Don't get your mind just on the preacher part. If he can shut the preachers down, then he'll next move into the home and he'll shut the daddies up. Oh, father, quit telling them what to do. No, brothers, tell your children. Instruct them the way they ought to live. Come on, children. Mothers, instruct your daughters how they ought to dress, how they ought to live, how they ought to walk. Why? Because your voice is a dying voice as far as the world is concerned. But as long as we're alive, God will have people on the earth that will never compromise. We will never. We are outnumbered. We are outnumbered as far as the world goes. But as far as heaven, heaven is on our side. So before we move to Jeremiah, I ask you again, whose report do you believe? Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. Poor Jeremiah. He's one of my favorite of all the Old Testament prophets, but I feel so sorry for him in the sense of reading about his life and all that the man went through. He was treated terrible, absolutely terrible. And Jeremiah just got to a spot to where he said, I can't take it no more. I just can't handle it. I've tried to stand for what's right. I've tried to do what's right. People don't want it. You give them your life. They turn and walk away from you. don't even have a common respect to come and talk to you and say they love you. I really don't care for love that way. You give people your life, you lose sleep over them, you sweat over them, you labor over them, you lead them to God, you lead them to the baptism of the Holy Ghost and they get tired of you and they'll turn and go the other way and never even come and speak to you about it. And that's the kind of people of integrity this message produces. If that is, I quit today. But you see, the true message does not produce such stuff. Notice, so Jeremiah says, I'll not make no mention of him nor speak anymore in his name. I can't take it. Then Jeremiah found a little key. And he said, his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones and I was weary with forbearing. In other words, I was weary of keeping my mouth shut. So the people made him weary because he opened his mouth but he found out a secret. God can make you more weary than the people can if you don't. (laughs) Oh my, and I could not stay. Now notice their report of what Jeremiah was hearing. For I heard the defaming, look at the word, whispering, defamation, evil report. 
unfavorable saying. Well, I used to follow the message, but I found out that Brother Bram said this over here and that over there, and I found that Brother Branham was a human. Well, you should have been listening to some true anointed preachers, and they would have told you that already. He never said he was a God or an angel. He said he was a human being who made all kinds of mistakes. I wish somebody would say amen to that. But they found out, oh my, their, their, their imagination of what they had was a prophet of their imagination. And they took every word that he said as thus saith the Lord and then come and find out what well, he changed on this and he changed on that. Sure, just like Paul did, just like Moses did, just like Joshua did, just like all men do because no man is infallible. I said, no man is infallible. Jeremiah says, I heard the defaming of many and fear on every side. Report, say they, and we will report. Oh, here we've got the report now. So they're telling him, you report and we'll report you. We're gonna turn you into the authorities. You can't turn me into nobody hiring Jesus. So go ahead and turn me in if you want to, to him. Report, say they, and we will report it. All my familiars watched for my halting. And the word halting is limping and stumbling. So you can imagine now, you got people just watching. They're not watching for good. They're not watching for benefit. They're watching. They're listening. There's people that still listen to our services the same way. They listen to everything I preach, trying to find fault, trying to find error. You think that don't put you under a burden? You think that don't put you under a strain? But let me just speak to some of them spies this morning and say, that's what I fear about you. Report me to YouTube if you want to. Report me to CBS and NBC and ABC. They've already done it. It didn't stop me, did it? It didn't stop us as the people of God. So we say like Jeremiah, we will report and you report. But you will report defamation and lies. And what will we report? Thus says the Lord. So all my familiars watched, which was friends and neighbors, all my familiars watched from my halting or my limping, saying, peradventure, he will be enticed and we shall prevail against him and we shall take our revenge. This is their report. Sort of like yours today of whatever you're going through. You see, friends, times really hasn't changed that much. Your enemies are just by different names. We don't have the enemies that Jeremiah did, but it's the same demons out of hell. And we shall take our revenge on him. That was their report. But listen to Jeremiah's report. Jeremiah 20 and 11. But the Lord is with me as a mighty, terrible one. As a mighty Gabor, a mighty captain. A mighty warrior, the Lord. Now, Jeremiah said, oh no, I know they're, they're overwhelming me. I better not do it anymore. I, I, I just repent, I repent, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have never said that. And if he would have listened and listened like we do sometimes, there ain't no need in trying. There ain't no need, nobody loves you, nobody appreciates you. Oh, you fought this battle of sickness and this and that and the other. You can believe that report if you want to, or you can believe this report. But the Lord 
is with me as a mighty terrible one. How many can raise your hand and say, the Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. Despite my failures, despite my mistakes, despite your mistakes and your shortcomings, he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That includes shortcomings. That includes falling flat on your face. But the Lord is with me as a mighty, terrible one. Therefore, my persecutors shall stumble. They're watching for me to stumble, but actually the contrary wise is gonna happen. My persecutors are gonna stumble. They're looking to run me down, but they're the ones gonna be run down. Oh my, therefore shall my persecutors stumble and they shall not prevail. They shall be greatly ashamed for they shall not prosper. Their everlasting confusion shall never be forgotten. Whose report will you believe? Now we'll revert back now to around... mm, Five, let's see, during this time frame here, 586, well, this, is, this is around 578 to 580 B.C. You're following the prophet Jeremiah in his day. You're a message believer, as we call it. You're following the prophet. So they're spying on you, too. They're watching everything you do and everything you say. They're looking for your faults since you started following the message. They hate you. They despise you. They run you down. They took everything they can. You say, oh, this is too much. This is too much. I can't take it. I can't take it. Is that the side you're going to take? Or are we going to rally behind Jeremiah? Or Daniel? Or David? Or Noah? Whoever it was in our day. This day, Elijah. We're going to rally behind that message and say, we will bear the reproach. We will stand if we have to stand by ourselves. We will stand because if we stand for him, he will stand for us. If we stand with them, what will they do? They will turn their backs on us. That's what they'll do. You don't want to sell out Jesus for the world. You don't want to sell out Jesus for a compromising denominational system because they will turn their back on you. Well, praise the Lord. Let me just tell you today how God wants us to stand in this hour. Under the sermon title called The God Called Man, the prophet said, Oh, you sons of God, move out into that sphere yonder, fearless. Fearless. Is there anybody here today? Don't raise your hand, but just ask yourself this question in your heart. Is there anybody that could say beyond a shadow of a doubt, I am totally fearless today? You see my hands up, do you? You see, friends, we're living beneath what God wants. God wants us to be fearless. How many has ever been moneyless? Okay, you're with me now. How many has ever been pretty less? Most of the brothers raise their hands on that. Well, that's good. I'm glad. We don't have no prissified, sissified men in here. 
We've been all kinds of less things, ain't we? But there's one thing God wants us to be less, fearless. Which means what? We're less of fear. Why we ain't got enough room in our hearts to have fear and faith together? So if we're gonna leave one of them out, God says, leave out fear. Be fearless. Brother Donnie, are you kidding me? Do I look like I'm kidding? Listen to this, he goes on to say, God today is trying to empty the world out of us and get us to empty ourselves out and be fearless men and women. Oh, praise the Lord, you mean not only the brothers? No, the sisters too. Who love God and will stay with God. I crossed the separating line, Jordan, that he can use for his glory. Notice this. He says, hallelujah, we know where we're going to at the end of this journey. God has promised, amen. There's a land beyond the river. Be fearless in your testimony. Amen. If it's revealed to you, you are fearless. Fearless. I may need some things revealed to you today. It's up here. But why ain't we fearless? It ain't been revealed to us enough. Wonder why we don't spend enough time in prayer, could it be? We'd rather be playing basketball and football and soccer and this and that and the other than spending time in prayer. God, make me fearless. God, make me a fearless daughter. God, make me a fearless teenage boy, a teenage girl. Anybody here listen to me today? Is there anybody here that wants to be that type of a believer that you can look the devil in the face and say, I shall not be moved? Hallelujah, like a tree planted by the water, I am fearless. We looked at little David facing Goliath with his sling and his stone. But let's look at him at another battle, which is a little bit more difficult. Psalm 3-1. A psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. Lord, how are they increased? that trouble me. Many are they that rise up against me. Now it's not a Goliath. It's not even a Saul. It's Absalom, his son. What does Absalom want? His kingdom. And it looks like for a little bit he would get it. Again now I say If y'all were living in the days of Absalom and King David, whose side would you be on? Would some of y'all join ranks with Absalom? Would some of the message people join ranks with Absalom? They would. They already have. Mm -hmm. Against God's anointed king. Did the prophet anoint Absalom? No. Was it through God's divine protocol? No. And yet the majority of the army and a great portion of the people of Israel were joining ranks with him. 
It shows how ignorant that people can be. It never ceases to amaze me how easily deceived sheep really are. You think the Lord Jesus called us sheep as a compliment? You need to study the life of a sheep a little bit better. And you realize it was not so much a compliment. It was an act of faith in him recognizing that he was their shepherd. But also sharing how gullible, how easily fleeced sheep can be. How easily deceived that sheep can be and won't even check the word to see, should I do this, should I do that? Is it right to do this, wrong to do that? Well, don't sit there and look at me, it's the truth. Notice, so David has now had to leave Jerusalem and, and who's there in the capital? His son, his son Absalom. So David is now running again as he did in the days of Saul. Now we love this song here of Psalm 3. Uh, but I guarantee you one thing, David wasn't loving it whenever he was going through it, Harry. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Can you imagine Israelites? Now these were not the Moabites and the Ammonites and the Hittites. These were message people saying this about David. There's no help for him. The guy, is, he's, he's gone. Now remember what he had done, taking Bathsheba. There's no mercy for him. The guy's sinned away of day is great. There's no more mercy for the man at all. There is no help for him in God. But was that the way God felt about it? It wasn't. So all of them that said that lied. Oh, we're under a new move now. We're under the move of Absalom. God's tired of David. God's going to displace David. He's going to get rid of him. We don't need Elijah no more. We don't need the prophet of God no more. We're in a new generation. We don't need have to stand up and say, well, the prophet said, the prophet said, we don't need all that. We're in a new generation. You may be, speak for yourself. I'm still staying with what a prophet has already said myself. Come on, children. Somebody say amen. Let the devil know whose side you're on today. Somebody say amen. All kinds of elders too. Rulers, captains of the people. Oh, and David said, many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Now this is their report. It would have been very easy for David, Brother John, to took their report and said, well, maybe there ain't. He said, Brother Donnie, what's that got to do with us? Everything. Every one of these examples I've used this morning, you bring them right over into our day. It's not going to be an Absalom so much. It's not going to be a Zedekiah. It might be a cancer. It might be blood pressure. It might be a family member. But don't you see they're going to work the exact same way? They want you to say what they believe about you. They don't want you to say what Father believes about you. So if they can get you to say what they say, they will rob you of your victory. Well, I can't be saved. I can't be delivered. I've sinned away. I've done this and that and the other. If that's what you choose to believe, you will be lost. But if you believe God is a merciful God, if you believe that God can forgive you, there is forgiveness for you. But you will have to accept it. Amen. 
But I love this verse three. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. Now, he's saying exact opposite of what Absalom's saying. He's saying exact opposite of what the captains are saying and the sergeants are saying. But he hadn't heard God saying what the sergeant was saying. He hadn't heard God say what Absalom was saying. He still remembered what God said, I will make my everlasting covenant with you and my mercies will not forsake you. As a matter of fact, I will give you what God called the sure mercies of David. First time in the Bible God ever identified mercies with a man and called mercies after a human servant. The sure mercies of David. Can you imagine David trying to encourage himself? God's going to help me through this. God's going to help me. It must have been so discouraging, so disheartening. He leaves his crown. He leaves his throne. He leaves his concubines. His son goes into his concubines and lays with them, takes his father's crown, sits upon his father's throne, and starts passing, passing statutes and laws in the kingdom as if he was the king. David had to reach down and find something beyond his son, something beyond his generals. He found, thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. Notice in verse four, I cried unto the Lord with my voice and he heard me. Now you see many of us will say, oh, I cried and I cried, but it didn't hear me. Don't you say that again. Now when David says this, nothing had happened yet. But he says, I know he loves me and I know he hears me. I cried unto the Lord with my voice and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. I laid me down and slept. Well, something must have happened. Now, this must have been pretty outstanding, Brother Felt. No doubt David had had a lot of sleepless nights or he wouldn't have mentioned it this way. Now, for those of you that go to bed in about 30 seconds, you're gone. Would you please come and tell me after church what you do? I would love to know. I would give $100 a night sometimes to be able to do that, to be able to lay down, but my mind's going this way and that way and that way and the other way, and I wake up at three, and then I wake up at five, then I wake up at six. I think I might as well get up, and then I'm dragging around all day, and you look at me, he's hung over. No, it ain't hung over, slept over. I didn't get no sleep over the night. Oh, how David must have wrestled and David must have sweated it out. But David said, once God revealed to me that he's on my side, what Absalom is saying is not what God said. What the captains are saying is not what God said. What the generals are saying is not what God said. But God said, I love you, David. I laid me down and slept and I awaked I know for some of you that don't really mean that much 
But if you don't sleep, you can't awake. (laughs) So because David woke up, it was a sign of victory. How many woke up this morning? Oh, well, the rest of y'all didn't sleep none either. God bless your heart. Come see me after church. We'll cry on one another's shoulders. I laid me down and slept. I awaked, and this is why. For the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands. Now, not ten thousand, but ten thousands, which is multiple bands of 10,000. So it could have been 10,000 plus another 10, plus another 10, plus another 10, plus another 10, because by now, Absalom had gathered the great portion of the children of Israel against David. Now this is not Philistines. This is not Hittites. This is message, folks. Again, I ask you, whose report would you have believed? Would you have sneaked out of Jerusalem and left your business? Would you have sneaked out of Jerusalem and left your bakery? Some of your brothers left your real estate. Some of your brothers left your cat converter truck. Oh boy, that'd be a big step, wouldn't it? Now David said, I'm going the narrow pass. We're going up this mountain, up to Mount Getty. In order to get up there, you won't have no room for that converter truck, brothers. You ain't gonna have no room for that bakery of yours. You ain't gonna have no room for this and that. I'm telling you, it's gonna be a dangerous route. Nearly all the armies of Israel is against us. Israel? Message people. David said, I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people. If a man could do this without the Holy Ghost, what ought we to be today? That have set themselves against me round about. Let me share a few verses with you from my favorite psalm, one of my favorites. One of the reasons this is one of my favorite because way back in the early 80s, 81, 82, Carol and I and Lisha was living in West Virginia. Erica hadn't even been born when we first moved there. We lived in a little house up a holler. <clears throat> I was working with my brother Randy West. We'd come in off of a trip. I mean, this place was terrible. One of Carol's terrible times in her life, having to stay at that place. Awful. One night, something attacked me. I never did see it, but I could feel it. Carol began to pray. Lish was just a little girl. So her and Lish gathered around my bed and started praying. And it was like I was battling for my life. That's happened to me three or four times since I've been a Christian. So I told Carol, I said, get your Bible and read Psalms 91 to me. So they prayed, her and Lisha's praying and crying and Carol got her Bible. These are the words. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Hallelujah. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. 
You okay, Donnie? You okay? I said, keep reading. Keep reading. It didn't immediately leave. But as she kept taking me down the path of Psalms 91, that thing lifted from my body. And that darkness that was around me left the room. Verse three, surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers. Under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day nor for the pestilence that walketh in the darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and 10,000 at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Hallelujah. This is my report today. This is who I am. Anybody else? Is this your report? I will not be afraid of Laodicea's threats. I will not be afraid. Oh my, I read just yesterday and again today that North Korea has launched a missile that within 33 minutes from the time of launch can land right in the middle of the United States of America and annihilate us. I am not afraid of Kim Jong-moon or Yongmon moon or any other moon or sun. I am not afraid of Putin. I am not afraid of Iran. I am not afraid of death. I am not afraid of walking in the valley of the shadow of death for the the Lord is with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Hey, let the arrow fly by day. Let the pestilence come by night. But I will not fear, for the Lord is on our side. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. Skip the scripture there in Hebrews, brothers. Let me give you a couple more affirmations. Because I place my hope in God, I can soar like an eagle. Run and not grow weary. Walk and not be faint. Isaiah 40 and 31. I set my heart and my mind on things above, not on earthly things. That gives me peace. Colossians 3, 1 to 2. I guard my heart because it determines the course of my life. Proverbs 4, 23. I trust God at all times because he is my refuge. Psalm 62, 8. God keeps me in perfect peace because I trust in him and fix my thoughts on him. Isaiah 26, 3. Somebody say amen. amen. God is able to do immeasurably more in my life than I can ever imagine. Ephesians 3. Hallelujah. How many knows he can do it today? 
Oh my, I experience true life when I deny myself, turn from my selfish ways, and follow Jesus Christ with all of my heart. Matthew 16, 24 and 25. I have the anointing of Jesus. His anointing, his power teaches me truth and empowers me to live a full life. In other words, I ain't gonna just barely crawl in and fall into heaven's gates and say, oh God. I made it. I'm gonna go in like this. Well, hallelujah, 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 I'm here, I'm here, I made it, I made it, praise God. Any of y'all here want to be rolled in in a wheelchair? This will be the word of life wheelchair section over here. All of us were rolling in. Y'all happy to be here? That's what we'll do. I may overcome. Are you glad you made it? I'm just glad the devil's down in hell. If you all do me that way, I'm going to be some kind of embarrassed. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll tell you one thing. I sent a quote. A brother had sent it to me yesterday, and I'd shared it with some other brothers. It's God and said, Please, I don't even know how many times I've listened to that sermon. And Brother Ram talking about worshiping God. He said, We ought to have come with that expectation. And he said, We ought to worship God right now, like we're going to worship Him then. I thought, Lord, have mercy. We ought to worship God right now like we're going to worship him. You mean this is the way y'all are going to do? This is the way we're going to do? We're sitting down, you're just barely able to clap our hands and nod our head, and that's the way we're going to do heaven? Not me, brother. Not me, brother Joel. Oh, I want to worship him with all of my heart. I want to worship him with all of my strength, all of my might. Listen. I have great joy because I obey God's commandments and I remain in his love. John 15, 11. Because I have written love and faithfulness on the tablet of my heart, I have favor with God. Amen. Proverbs 3, 3. There's a bunch more, but I want to save them until next week. Whose report will you believe? You're going to believe your failures, your mistakes, your shortcomings, your weaknesses, doctor's report. You're going to believe God's report. It's quite astounding. You know when Brother Brandon would tell people that if they had cancer, he said it couldn't really bother you too bad unless you feared it. He said that don't even make good sense. Well, of course it don't. Because you're not processing the gospel through your head. It comes through your heart. A lot of Malachi 4 believers, they got the message right up here. But it's never moved from there to here. All the word had quite a distance to travel from heaven to the earth. It had quite a distance to reach the people all over the world in Malawi and Zimbabwe and all the different islands of the world. But the farthest distance at the head, the heart, the word of God has to travel. It's from here to here. When we store it up here like a hard drive, oh, I've got so many terabytes of the message in my head. It don't do a bit of good. I'd rather have three or four megabytes down in my heart than three or four terabytes up in my head. 
If we can get it down here, look out, devil, here we come. That's why he wants to keep it right there and it keeps us paralyzed. It keeps us full of fear, full of anxiety. I'm afraid to testify. The last time I testified, all hell broke loose. That means you ought to testify again. Oh, but I'm gonna wait till I get healed. If I ask you, like, go ahead and testify right now. But Brother Donnie, the doctor says I'm gonna die. Go ahead and plan a vacation out to Arizona somewhere. Go ahead and look up a cruise on some ship. Are you gonna believe the Lord's report? Are you gonna believe what the devil says? If I believe what the devil says, I'll never preach again. If I believe what the devil says, I'll never open my mouth. Do you all want me to believe what the devil says? Oh, you mean you want me to believe what the Lord says, but you choose to believe what the devil said? I say we believe what God says. Are we more than conquerors? Are we more than overcomers? Can we face this end time with victory in our hearts? Can we face it with a smile on our face and the joy of the Lord down inside of our soul? Can we have joy unspeakable and full of glory? Hallelujah. God bless you. I love you. I know sometimes you don't think I do, but I do. I pulled them down low in the snake's belly. Now you lift them up, Harry. <laughs> oh, children, I want, I want when we come together, us to be able to walk out these doors, and you'll go out and smile and shake one of those hands and fellowship and all that, and I want you to do that. But I want you, when you go home this evening, to sound be able to think, wow, God, that's what I want to be. That's who I want to be. I don't want to just be a professed believer. Just be honest and ask yourself, Lord, am I fearless? Am I fearless? Really, am I? Well, if I'm not, Lord, I need to move up. How many knows already? You need to move up this morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I will say of the Lord, He is my fortress. He is my shield. Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, the lifter up of my head. Whether I'm facing a Philistine, a lion, or a giant, or an Absalom, a brother who has set himself against me. I don't mind telling you, that's been some of my hardest battles. Oh, I've had some others too that was pretty tough. But my most heartbreaking moments has been when a brother would set himself against you. How many knows what I'm talking about? You've been there and done that? Of course you have. Oh, my. So what do we do? We just pick up and go on. But you don't fight with an attitude. You don't fight with ill temper or bitterness or none of that. Oh, no. We go right on and we forgive. Brother Don, even if they don't ask us to forgive them, show me where the Roman soldiers asked Jesus to forgive them. Show me where the people at the foot of the cross asked Jesus, but he said, Father, forgive them. He wants us to be able to forgive the way he forgave. In other words, there'll be times you'll have to forgive people when they don't even ask you. As a matter of fact, they don't even care enough about you to ask you. You want to be like Jesus or not? Or we just want to heal the sick. Is that what we want? We just want to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, have discernment, stuff like that, and show people we're real spiritual. I have known people in my life that could cast out devils, lay hands on the sick, and have the awfulest attitude in your life you ever imagined. But see, you never saw that, did you? All you saw was them working under the anointing. I don't want just an anointing that'll heal. I want an anointing that'll change me. That'll change you. 
Because your head is down and you're weary, but God comes by and raises you up. Every evil spirit 
may rise up against me.
not be afraid. I will not be afraid. Of ten thousands of demons. Of demons in Laodicea. Laodicea that rise. The lid has been torn off of the kettle, but we will not fear. Hallelujah. I will not be
Lord God. Thank you, Lord. We'll praise Him. Praise Him. Hallelujah. Praise Him in the morning. Praise Him in the noontime. Let's go ahead and praise Him. ask you the question. Ask me. Whose report will you believe? I believe the report of the Lord. Amen. I believe these signs shall follow Amen. them that believe Amen. him. I believe they shall cast out devils. Amen. I believe they will be standing one day and all of a sudden a sweep will come over them and they'll be changed in a moment Glory. in a twinkling of an eye. That's what I choose to believe. I choose to believe I can have joy in the midst of trouble. I choose to believe there can be divine healing in an age that's never had so many specialists and so many doctors and so many this and that and other, but remember all them doctors are still practicing medicine and Jesus don't practice. Jesus never has had to practice. He was the first healer. He's the original healer. He's the only healer that there is. He can heal your heart. He can heal your body. He can heal your mind. He can heal your spirit. Well, I wish somebody would hear me. He's here today to heal you. He's here today to bring whatever you have need of in your life. How many wants to thank him for it? So let's bow our heads together and I'm gonna offer prayer for all of you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I stand here today representing you, which is what you've called every God-called man to do. As your prophet said it, stand in the shoes of the footsteps of Jesus Christ. What an honor, what a challenge, what a responsibility. But I am dumb enough, if they wish to say it that way, to believe it true. So I stand here, Lord, and I join my faith with your children. You see their needs, sadness, sickness, oppression, 
whatever they're going through in life, maybe betrayal by a friend or a loved one, maybe they're needing a job, maybe they're needing something else, but whatever you need, we bring our petitions before you today. And I will remind you, sir, of some of your word. Psalms 37 and 4, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give thee the desires of thine heart. St. John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will, and it shall be done. Also in the book of John, you have asked hitherto nothing in my name, but ask that your joys may be full. Also, it's written on earth, if any two or on earth agree is touching any one thing, it shall be done. Also, it's written, casting all your cares on him, for he careth for you. Also written, my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. We choose to believe that report. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We choose to believe you are our healer, our provider, our El Shaddai, our Jehovah Shara, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Tiskanu, Jehovah Rapha, you are everything we will ever need. We believe you today, Lord God. May healing, may faith, may deliverance move to your children. Not only those in the visible audience, but those that will stream or archive this service. May the sick be healed. As it was a couple of weeks ago, Father, down in South Carolina, and a person that wasn't even there, but went back and streamed the service and brought such conviction to the person, they bowed their head and gave their heart to God just by going back and streaming the service. Lord, do it again. Lord, reach the backslider. Reach every name who's on that Lamb's book of life. Bring them in, Father. Fill them with the Holy Ghost so we can leave this world. We want to see Jesus. We want to see our loved ones. We want to see heaven. We're tired of this old world. But Lord, as long as we're here, we're going to torment hell. We're going to deliver God's people. We're going to preach God's word. We're going to stand for God's truth. We're going to make hell pay. This is war. We are not sitting around waving no white flag at the devil, but we say, Satan, you have crossed our boundary. You have stolen our peace. You've tried to take our children, but give them back in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We claim victory. It is ours today in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the church of the living God said, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, victory is mine, victory is mine. Everybody, oh, victory today is mine. Thank you, Lord.
This morning, joy is mine. Joy is mine. Joy today is mine, mine, mine. Oh, I told Satan, get thee behind. Joy today is mine. The Holy Ghost is mine. The Holy Ghost is mine. The Holy Ghost today is mine. Oh, I told Satan, get thee behind. The Holy Ghost today is mine. Healing this morning, healing is mine. Healing is mine. Healing today is mine. Down. I knew that the Lord would bring me out. So I got down on my knees. I said, Lord, if you please. I rose up shouting and praising victory. Oh, victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine, mine, mine. Bye. 